This is Barry Zelma, Zelma on insurance. Today I'd like to talk about the obligations of an adjuster to the underwriter who makes the decision to either accept or reject a risk for insurance. Adjusters, of course, are the representatives of the insurers whose obligation is to fulfill the promises made by the underwriter when the risk was taken and a policy was issued. The adjuster, sometimes called a claims representative, must determine that the decision to insure was based upon accurate facts and that the underwriter fully understood the risk he or she was taking. The work of the underwriter begins with the submission of an application from a prospective insured directly or via a agent or broker. The underwriter reviews the application and either presents an offer to insure or a refusal to insure. The underwriter is obligated by tradition and the history of the insurance industry to believe that the applicant reports facts to the underwriter honestly and in good faith. By considering that the applicant is dealing with the underwriter fairly and in good faith, the underwriter is able to be confident in the evaluation of the risk presented by the application. The application presented to an underwriter, either directly or via an agent or broker, is a request for an offer of insurance. Acting on the understanding that the applicant is acting in good faith, the underwriter can weigh the hazards faced by a particular property, individual, or business before agreeing to take on the risk of loss and make an offer of insurance. After completing a review of the application and all facts available to the underwriter from other sources, and his or her experience will either issue an offer of insurance or a refusal to insure. The adjuster is obligated to inform the underwriter of observed hazards because the adjuster is probably the only representative of the insurance company that actually meets in person with the insured at the property that is the subject of insurance when dealing with a claim, whether small or large. Underwriters take information from adjusters after a loss to reevaluate the risk decision, to be certain they were not deceived, and to better evaluate the risk taken so that they can deal with future requests for renewal or increases in coverages fairly and in good faith. Sometimes an insurer will ask an adjuster to perform a pre-risk inspection to determine if the risk is worthy before the underwriter makes the decision to accept a risk for insurance. Underwriters also use the services of inspection companies and engineers to inspect the property or the risk before making a decision to offer or refuse to offer insurance. 
Usually, however, information from the adjuster is provided to help the underwriter determine whether to cancel, non-renew, or continue on a risk, or modify the policy and premium before agreeing to continue on the risk on the same terms and conditions, or to modify terms, conditions, and premium amount. If the adjuster develops facts during a claims investigation, that the underwriter was deceived when the risk was accepted, grounds may exist for the underwriter to make the decision in conjunction with the claims department that the policy should be rescinded, declared void, or canceled. With the assistance of the underwriter, who can establish facts misrepresented or concealed were material, the claims person will then seek the advice and counsel of a competent, experienced insurance coverage attorney before deciding how to deal with a claim when the policy was obtained by deception. With knowledge of underwriting and the decision-making process used by underwriters, the adjuster, when a claim is presented, can properly conduct the thorough investigation required by law. Without an understanding of the factors weighed by the underwriter, the adjuster does not know what questions to ask when conducting a claims investigation. Some of the most important factors considered by the underwriter before accepting or rejecting a risk for insurance with which an adjuster should be familiar, are discussed as we go on and will deal with hazards faced by property. A hazard is a condition that creates or increases the chance of loss. There are three major types of hazards, physical hazard, moral hazard, and morale hazard. A physical hazard is a physical condition that increases the chance of loss. Examples of physical hazards are icy roads that increase the chance of an auto accident, defective wiring in a building that increases the chance of fire, and a defective lock on a door that increases the chance of theft. Moral hazard is dishonesty or character defects in an individual that increase the frequency or severity of loss. Examples of moral hazard are faking an accident to collect insurance, money, or submitting a fraudulent claim. Morale hazard is a failure to care for a property to give it a better opportunity of incurring a loss. So what is moral hazard? The moral hazard is the increase in uncertainty caused by personal acts of individuals. These acts may contribute to the probability or severity of loss. The individual creating the problem may be the policyholder or another person working for or with the policyholder. In either case, the chance of loss is increased a moral hazard may be present in every line of insurance. No underwriter can ignore it without incurring an increased risk of substantial loss. The moral hazard is very difficult to detect 
and therefore very dangerous to the insurer. The concept of moral hazard does not generally refer to risk created by the moral character of an insured. Rather, in the professional literature, moral hazard refers to the effect of insurance on the incentive of the person insured to prevent a loss. In economic studies of behavior, the incentive is regarded as being present for all individuals, and the focus of analysis is identifying attributes of insurance contract that might restore the insured's incentive to prevent losses. Morale hazard, on the other hand, is different from moral hazard in that the morale hazard is not as blatantly intentional as losses caused by a person without morality. There are cases where the ownership of the property becomes less desirable than the proceeds from insurance. One example is an outdated building situated in a business area with a high concentration of business and a shortage of parking spaces. The owner might receive rent from tenants but could receive more if the building was raised and the land used as a parking lot. Under such circumstances, there exists a temptation to start a fire or at least to avoid taking steps to prevent a fire by, for example, inviting the residents of a homeless encampment. This is an example of what insurance underwriters consider to be a morale hazard. Similarly, the person who is unable to meet the payments on a loan and is faced with foreclosure can present a moral or a morale, that is, lack of self-interest hazard. The property may not be saleable at a price high enough to repay the loan. The policyholder may fear a lower credit rating if foreclosure begins. When any of these conditions exist, there may be a temptation to sell the property to the insurance company by means of a total loss. Underwriting decisions are based upon the assumption that the record of the past will continue into the future. When the underwriter looks at the character of an applicant, he or she assumes that the character will not change in the future. If the applicant shows that he or she has resorted to questionable acts in the past, it is likely he or she will do so again in the future. The most obvious example is an applicant who has had one or more questionable insurance claims. Since arson for profit is difficult to prove, and allowances are made for coincidences in order to avoid prejudging a person, the claim may be on record as a questionable one. A record of questionable non-insurance transactions in the past should also provide a clue to the character of the applicant. The underwriter who ignores an insured's history 
will likely cause the insurer to pay for the repetition of it. One example from my personal experience was an insured who was asked if he had incurred a loss or claim in the five years before signing the application. He responded in the negative. Investigation established five, five prior claims during the period, two losses that were not presented as a claim, and in addition, the insured was an immigrant who had only been in the U.S. for 10 years and had filed in Los Angeles County Superior Court more than 150 lawsuits. Had the underwriter known any of the true facts, including the fact that one of his claims was paid on the date he signed the application stating no claims and no losses, the policy would never have been issued. Although the case was fully resolved with the summary judgment affirmed on appeal that the policy was rescinded to its inception, the fact that the insurer took the insured at his word without any attempt to investigate before offering to insure cost the insurer more than $500,000 in legal and investigative fees that were eventually, by sheer diligence of the insurer and its counsel, reimbursed with the judgment against the insured and his broker who had participated in an intentional fire at the location insured against for the sole purpose of funding of all things a terrorist organization. Insurance underwriting is always important to the claims adjuster. Had the claims adjuster who settled the claim with the insured before my client's policy came into effect filed a risk notice or a claim notice with a reporting agency such as ISO's All Claim Database, the insurer could have avoided the $500,000 in legal and investigation fees, and the policy never would have been written. This video was adapted from my book, Zalma on Insurance Claims, Part 102, Third Edition, which is available as both a paperback, and a Kindle book from Amazon.com. If you found this video to be interesting or useful to you and your colleagues, please pass it on. It's free. And please also subscribe to my Rumble channel, my YouTube channel, my blog, and my Substack publications so that you can be advised of future videos and future blog postings. Thank you for your attention.